0: Good morning. Did you know that a snail can sleep for three years? Butterflies smell with their feet, and turtles can breathe through their butts. I love creation. There is so much to learn out there, so many interesting things. Uh, And so I was asked this morning to talk about, to share about Uh, but my, my, I guess, my thoughts on what it means to celebrate creation. Um, And thank you, Linda, for the music for meditation. That video actually also made me feel like, oh, this is so, there's so much to celebrate. Uh, It really is amazing. And a lot of times, for sure, I feel it uh, in the outdoors, in the natural world. But we know that creation is all around us, even in Brenda's shoes. (laughs) If I would say to you the words, in the beginning, you might want to finish that sentence. Is there anyone out there that's like, oh, I know where this is going? We often remember in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. God said, let there be light, and there was light in the beginning. So I was also actually originally only asked to share for about five minutes, and then no one else was available. So then they said, it's just me. And I thought I'd bring someone else along as well. (laughs) Uh, So I want to share an additional story that starts with in the beginning. uh, And this comes from, well, I read it. I'm reading it from this book, Braiding Sweetgrass, by Robin Wall Kimmerer. And she acknowledges that it's adapted uh, largely from oral traditions. Um, And it's called The Story of Sky Woman Falling. In the beginning, there was Sky World. I think I need to do this. Yeah, there we go. She fell like a maple seed pirouetting on an autumn breeze. A column of light streamed from a hole in the sky world, marking her path where only darkness had been before. It took her a long time to fall. In fear, or maybe hope, she clutched a bundle tightly in her hand. Hurtling downward, she saw only dark water below, but in that emptiness there were many eyes gazing up at the sudden shaft of light. They saw there a small object, a mere dust mode in the beam, and as it grew closer, they could see that it was a woman, arms outstretched, long black hair billowing behind as she spiraled toward them. The geese nodded at one another and rose together from the water in a wave of goose music. She felt the beat of their wings as they flew beneath to break her fall far from the only home she'd ever known she caught her breath as the warm embrace of soft uh, at the warm embrace of soft feathers as they gently carried her downward and so it began in the beginning these geese could not hold the woman above the water for much longer so they ca- called a council to decide what to do resting on their wings she saw them all gather loons otters, swans, beavers, fish of all kinds. A great turtle floated in their midst and offered his back for her to rest upon. Gratefully, she stepped from the goose wings onto the dome of his shell. The others understood that she needed land for her home and discussed how they might serve her need. The deep divers among them had heard that there was mud at the bottom of the water, and they agreed to go find some. Loon dove first, but the distance was too far, and after a long while, he surfaced with nothing to show for his efforts. One by one, the other animals offered to help. You have otter there in the bottom corner. You have sturgeon in the top corner there. the depth, the darkness of the pressures were too great for even the strongest of swimmers. They returned gasping for air with their heads ringing. Some did not even return at all. Soon only little muskrat... oh muskrat disappeared. The white box there, <laughs> muskrat. Soon only muskrat was left, the weakest diver of all, and... Even though there's no picture of them, I don't, I don't know if anyone knows muskrats, but they're like not quite as pretty as the otter, not quite as majestic as the beaver. <laughs> and considered the weakest diver. He volunteered to go while the others looked on doubtfully. His small legs flailed as he worked, worked downward, and he was gone a very long time. They waited and waited for him to return, fearing the worst for their little relative. And before long, a stream of bubbles rose with the small limp body of the muskrat. He had given his life to aid this helpless human. But then, the others noticed that his paw was tightly clenched, and when they opened it, there was a small handful of mud Turtle said, here, put it on my back, and I will hold it. Skywoman bent and spread the mud with her hands across the shell of the turtle. Moved by the extraordinary gifts of the animals, she sang in thanksgiving and began to dance, her feet caressing the earth. And the land grew and grew as she danced her thanks, from the dab of mud on turtle's back until the whole earth was made. Not by Sky Woman alone, but from the alchemy of all the animals' gifts, coupled with her deep gratitude. Together, they formed what we know today as Turtle Island, our home. When I say the word home, what images and feelings come to mind? What does home mean to you? And in this setting, I imagine no one's going to speak out, but you're always welcome to. I wonder how many people here are thinking of a building. For many of us, to feel at home is to feel comfortable uh, in a place that is somewhat protected, right? Out of the rain, the wind, the snow, whatever else makes us feel uncomfortable. A 2009 documentary called Home if you look for it, this is the first part of it you'll see, uh, reminds us that the whole earth is our home. And that increasing our awareness of the earth's changing climate and the depletion of natural resources are an essential first step to caring for our home. And then, of course, the second step, as Brenda reminds us, is that we need to take part, everyone should take part, in the effort to make changes. Home is a message to mobilize every human being to act for the planet. So if you're looking for a movie to watch, can look this up on the YouTube, it's free. Uh, Because actually, because in the making of it, they said we want everyone to access this, we want everyone to be able to see it. One of my favorite parts of leading hiking and wilderness trips is to increase the comfort of my group in living outside to feel more at home in the natural environment. For myself, there's something very special about living outside and sleeping on the ground. It even feels kind of special. It's not always comfortable, (laughs) but it feels kind of special to feel the sun the rain, the wind, the snow on our skin. This was just this year, by the way, in June. Uh, it looks like winter, but it was June. <laughs> the feeling of the elements on our skin is a feeling of connection and of being part of the earth rather than separate from it, separate from it. For me, to celebrate great creation is to discover the power of the mountains And the majesty of the oceans, the diversity in our forests, and the beauty all around us. And then to know that I am a part of this. I am connected to all that is on this planet, just like you are. But let's return to Sky Woman, because her story is not yet done. Like any good guest, Sky Woman had not come empty handed. The bundle was still clutched in her hand, the bundle that she pulled down from the sky world. When she toppled from the hole in the sky world, she'd reached out to grab onto the tree of life that grew there. And in her grasp were branches, fruits and seeds of all kinds of plants. She scattered them onto the new ground and carefully tended each one until the world turned from brown to green. Sunlight streamed through the hole from the sky world, allowing the seeds to flourish. Wild grasses, flowers, trees, and medicine spread everywhere. And now that the animals, too, had plenty to eat, many came to live with her on Turtle Island. The earth was new then when it welcomed the first human, and it's old now. Some suspect that we have worn out our welcome by casting the originalist instructions aside. From the very beginning of the world, the other species were a lifeboat for the people, and now we must be theirs. The stories, but the stories that might guide us, if they're told at all, grow dim in the memory. What meaning would they have today? How can we translate from the stories at the world's beginning to this hour, now closer at the end? Right. Robin Wall Kimmerer says the landscape has changed but the story remains as I turn to it over ag- and over again Sky Woman seems to look me in the eye and ask in return for this gift of a world on turtle's back what will I give in return it is good to remember that the original woman was herself an immigrant." She fell a long way from her home in Skyworld, leaving behind all who knew her and held her dear, and she could never go back. She came here with nothing but a handful of seeds and the slimmest instructions to use your gifts and dreams for good, the same instructions we all carry. She accepted the gifts from the other beings with open hands and used them honorably. She shared the gifts she brought from Skyworld as she set herself about the business of flourishing and making a home. It is good to remember that when Skywoman arrived here, she did not come alone. She was pregnant. Knowing her grandchildren would inherit the world she left behind, she did not work uh, for the flourishing of her time only and it was through her actions of reciprocity and give and take that the original immigrant became indigenous. For all of us, becoming indigenous to a place means living as if your children's future mattered, to take care of the land as if our lives, both material and spiritual, depended on it. In the Western tradition, there is a recognized, recognized hierarchy of beings with, of course, human being on top. Uh, and the pinnacle, we are the pinnacle of evolution, right? The darling of creation. And the plants tend to be at the bottom. In the native ways of knowing, human people are often referred to as the younger brothers of creation. Humans have the least experience with how to live, and thus the most to learn. We must look to our teachers among the other species for guidance. Their wisdom is apparent in the way that they live, and they teach us by example. They've been on the earth far longer than we've we've been, and have had time to figure things out. They live both above and below ground, joining sky world to the earth, plants, know how to make food and medicine from light and water and then they give it away. Again Kimmerer says, I like to imagine that when Sky Woman scattered her handfuls of seeds across Turtle Island she was sowing sustenance for the body and also for the mind, emotion, and a spirit. She was leaving us teachers. The plants can tell us her story and we need to learn to listen I have found that one of the quickest ways to get to get people to notice their surroundings and appreciate the non-human life around them is to eat or drink from it this brochure on edible wild plants is one of the most popular ones that I have it comes on many of my trips When I work in the Rockies, uh, and especially in August, I mean June, you have snow. By the time you get to August, it's often very dry. Water is not abundant, and finding a stream after you've become a little bit dehydrated or a lot dehydrated reminds us of how directly we receive life and energy from the earth. This summer, I was also on the West Coast and we had lots of berries to eat blueberries, salmon berries, thimbleberries, any word you want to stick on the word berry, just do it. Uh, <laughs> and we appreciate what we gain directly from the plants. But I love this reminder from uh, Kimmer about the fact that we also have lessons to learn lessons like generosity, that plants know how to make food and medicine from light and water and then they give it away in the alpine i've learned a lot from plants and animals about how to adapt to the extremes plants that are able to survive high winds by growing deep roots plants that grow their branches longer on the side that is protected plants that protect their skin by manufacturing their own sunscreen and antifreeze in their leaves. And animals that thrive because they have a fleecy underlayer of fur uh, and then a thicker guard hair which functions as a raincoat for them. And anyone who spends a lot of time in the outdoors knows that you should dress in layers and that you should protect your skin with with sunscreen. (laughs) We know that in the winter... Uh, Nature has different ways of dealing with cold and darkness from adaptation to hibernation to migration. Plants and animals don't try to be the exact same every day. They change their patterns to match the conditions. To live outdoors reminds us we are not separate from the natural world but part of it. And so in addition to learning how to take care of ourselves, how to be generous The plants and animals remind us of the importance of connection and interdependence. In some indigenous traditions, rocks are referred to as grandfathers. Um, And on many of my camping trips, I've noticed that rocks become a primary source of entertainment. I will admit to playing like rock bocce and bowling and uh, other games myself. Uh, Some people are really into skipping rocks. I am not very good at that. That's why I just throw them. Um, And last summer, I was hiking with a group of teenagers. While we were on a break, one of them uh, just started throwing rocks at a tree. This is not uncommon. It happened again this summer. And this summer, I chose just to let it happen. Uh, But I had this encounter. I asked him... You know, we were just sitting there, and I asked him, do you have something against this tree? I said to him, you know, some people think of the trees and the rocks as our relatives. And he paused, and he thought for a moment, and then he says to me, is that what you think? I was like, well, it's not really the way I grew up. I grew up with a much more, like, Western mindset mindset. Uh, but I've been thinking about this a lot, and I kind of like it. I kind of like this idea that the trees and rocks are our relatives. And that was about it. It wasn't a long conversation. Uh, He threw rocks less after that. Uh, (laughs) And I don't expect that he's given it up for good, Uh, but it was a conversation that I think gave us each a moment to reflect. Uh, To reflect on what it actually means to appreciate nature and creation. So I'd say to celebrate creation is to go beyond thinking of what we can gain from plants and animals, including food, including the shade, including these lessons, and also to simply appreciate that all life is precious. So I could tell you more stories about you know, the relationship between the Douglas fir and the mouse, the Clark's nutcracker and the white bark pine, the paintbrush to the root systems around it. Relationships that benefit, sometimes benefit both species, sometimes that benefit one and not the other, some that are parasitic and actually harm the others. Uh, But I'm going to save that for another day when we're actually out with these, uh, with these relatives. And instead, Take some time to appreciate our environment right now. So I want to invite you uh, into experiencing the world with each of your senses as different creatures do. And you might say, well, we're not outside, and that's okay, because creation is all around us. So the first sense that we're going to explore is that of, oh, I missed that one, that's okay, is that of the eyes. So for the owl, the eyes are their primary sense, and that is how they track down their food. So for the next few moments, just spend time looking. What do you see around you? If it was up to you to catch your food right now, would you spot it? And you're allowed to turn your head and see what's happening behind you. And then I want you to imagine that you are a deer. And you might even extend your own ears by giving yourself a little bit, this actually does help you hear better, (laughs) by funneling the noise into your ears. (laughs) Know that as a deer, you have to hear What's going on in order to have time to run away from those creatures that might chase after you? What can you hear right now? And if you've closed your eyes, you might even keep them closed because humans tend to be pretty sight dependent. Bears actually don't see very well. But bears have the gift of smell, right? They smell your bacon frying from three miles away, so they say. What can you smell right now? As a fish swims through the water, it takes in the water and all that's around it. I wonder what it's like to live through the, ta- the sense of taste. What do you taste in your mouth right now? And then there's the snake that slithers along the ground and can feel the vibrations of movement, of people talking, or of people walking, I should say. What do you feel on your skin right now? For me, part of celebrating creation is taking this time to appreciate our environment, wherever we happen to be. Kara already read to us from Psalm 104, uh, and I've got a few, it's not, it's, well... We're going to repeat it because sometimes repetition is a good thing, uh, this time together with pictures, a lot of which come from places that I have explored outside. I will certainly give credit. All the good pictures are not from my camera. Uh, every once in a while, I'm lucky enough to go camping with people that actually know what they're doing. Uh, so I've got some good pictures. But I invite you just to sit back and watch, uh, and I'll again repeat the words of Psalm 104. Praise Yahweh, my soul. Yahweh, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. Wrapped in a robe of light, you stretch the heavens out like a tent. You lay the beams for your place on the waters above. You use the clouds as your chariot and ride on the wings of the wind. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. From your palace you water the mountains until the land is satisfied by the fruit of your work. You make fresh grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. The trees of Yahweh are well watered those cedars of Lebanon that you planted. There the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. For the wild goats, there are the high mountains. In the crags, the rock badgers hide. Yahweh, you have made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night. And all the beasts of the forest prowl. The sun rises, and the beasts steal away. They return and lie in their dens. And then the people go out to work. The people labor until evening. How many are your works, Yahweh? In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. And there's the sea, vast and spacious. Teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed, to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. I will sing to you all my life. I will sing praise to my God, as long as I live.